Great. Uh, so good to see you. I'm so thankful that you're here tonight with us this afternoon. If uh, you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And uh, this passage has already been read, but um, I think it's worth reading again. If you would, follow along with me. And in the same region, Luke 2.8, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And an angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with them the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And they, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasure, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. We pray with me. Father, we thanks for the day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for our time together here this afternoon as we can gather on this Christmas Eve Saturday. And Father, I pray that you would help us to see the importance of this day, uh, of this season. May it not just be another thing that we do for the holidays, but rather, Father, this be a time where we focus our attention, our time upon you, to recognize that you truly are the reason for the season, that you have come to this earth, both truly God and truly man so that we might have a relationship with you. You did this because you loved us and desired to have a relationship with each of us. You desire to save us from our sin and cleanse us of the unrighteousness that is in our life. And Father, I pray that as we gather here today, if there's someone that's in this room that has yet to give their life over to Jesus, that today would be the day of their salvation. The day where they admit that they are a believer. I mean, they admit that they are a believer. But admit that they are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Father, I, uh, I pray that there's someone here today that, that is a believer. That may be struggling with their faith. Or maybe having a, a hard time. Or maybe the holiday season is just overwhelming.
It's difficult. Maybe they lost a loved one this year and it's been, it's been hard. Father, I pray that you'd give them the grace that they need today to worship you. Father, uh, we love you. And pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. The shepherds were, were outcasts. Uh, you know what an outcast is? Anybody ever experienced being an outcast? An outcast is someone that's been rejected, not just by a single person, but by a society as a whole. Uh, you know, there's a lot of us that have been rejected. Maybe it's by, we've, we've applied for a job and we've uh, tried out for a basketball team and we just didn't make it, you know. Maybe, that's, that's, that's to be expected in life, you know. There are days or times in our life when we don't quite make the cut. Maybe we ask a girl out and she says no. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But to be rejected as a society as a whole. I mean, where everybody in this room basically says, yeah, no. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of a different story, right? It's not just one person or one thing, but they are just saying, everybody in the society is saying, no, we don't want anything to do with you. And that's kind of a unique thing, is it not? I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've ever experienced that before where I've had everybody just say to me, I don't like you. I mean, and that's, that's hard to imagine. How hard to wrap our minds around. If you're here today, maybe you're, you're with family, you know. Uh, do you have anybody in your family that is considered the, the black sheep, you know? Any of you all have somebody that and your family, that is, you, you look at everybody else and they're kind of dressed this way and then that person is just, they're just different. If, if you don't find that person, maybe that person's you. I don't know. Uh, if you go back 2,000 years ago and there was a shepherd in your family, you could relax. Because the shepherd was that person. They were the black sheep. No pun intended there. Sorry, it's a, it's a bad joke. Uh, I'll stop. The shepherds were known for being dishonest, untrustworthy. They, they really were disrespectful, disrespected rather, in their community. They were people that just, if you were in their room, you would sit on the other side. They smelled. They were grungy. They were people that truly were outcast. Part of their job, if you look at verse 8, was to watch over the sheep at night. They did this because of thieves. They did this also because of other things. But just think about this. If there's a, a thief coming to steal your sheep and you've got to be man enough, you have to have the intestinal fortitude to stand up to that thief and say, no, you're not taking it. I mean, you've got to be a little bit rough around the edges just to be able to do this job. I mean, they took turns at night, staying up for hours at a time and keeping watch, protecting. They were dirty, uneducated. The best adjective that we could use for them was that they were sinners. Might, came to, might come to a surprise for you to think about that when 
Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of the world, was born. An angel of God came to these lowly shepherds, these outcasts, these dirty men, and told them about the newborn Jesus. When the angels told this to the shepherds, and the shepherds heard this, They went away. The Bible says that they went with haste. Notice that the Bible doesn't say anything about the sheep here. You know, they, it doesn't say they just left them. But it's almost like the shepherd's sole responsibility is, was the sheep. And yet, when the angels came to these men, they just, with haste, they left. They went to Bethlehem and found Jesus with his parents. The shepherds told them what had happened to them. And it was encouraging to Mary to hear this testimony from the shepherds. But after this, the shepherds, they went back to their sheep. They went back to their work. And they just went around and proclaimed to others what they seen, what they heard. They praised God, the Bible says. And that's really the end of the shepherd's story. You know? There's not a whole lot to it. I often wonder, I'm not sure about you, but why did God come to these shepherds? You know? I mean, why did God send the angel? I mean, he could have went to anybody. But why, if you're going to go and tell a man or a group of men that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was born, why not find somebody that people trust? Why go to the group of men that were outcast? Why go to the ones that were disrespected, rejected by society, whose words, when spoken, would not be believed? I mean, why not go to a, a teacher? Why not go to a doctor or a general or a king or a lawyer? Well, maybe not a lawyer, but somebody that was respected, you know. Someone in the community, like a business owner, a nurse. Why would, go to, why would God go to somebody so lowly to accomplish his work? If you look through scripture, friends, God has a history has a history of using the lowly to accomplish his work. He really does. If you don't believe me, listen to the author of Hebrews. Hebrews is a New Testament book that does a really good job of summarizing the Old Testament. Chapter 11, verses 32 and 34, the author, who is unknown, says this, What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of sword, were made strong in what? Out of weakness. They became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Out of weakness. 
God has a history of taking what is weak, those who are rejected, those who are the smallest, the weakest, <laughs> and using them to accomplish mighty things. How many people do you know who are weak in so many ways but strong in the Lord? Makes you wonder if God at all even looks at the outward appearances when he calls the one to come to be faithful. It makes you wonder at all if he looks at the bank accounts of the disciples that he makes. It makes you wonder at all if he looks at the criminal records, the resumes, the marital status, the sex. It makes you wonder if he knows what they've done with their life, where they've been, what they've gone through, what they're struggling with. I was recently down in New Mexico. I was eating breakfast at a, at a Marriott hotel. And uh, there was an older lady next to me and we struck up a conversation. And we were talking about the church and specifically we were talking about the, ch the changes in the church since she was alive and since she's been around. And I asked her, I said, ma'am, how old are you? And she was, my age is my business. Why do you ask? And I said, ma'am, it looks like you've been in business for a long time. That's why I was asking. <laughs> the reason I say that joke is... Uh, some of you have been coming to church for a long time, you know. Some of you have been so faithful, so true, so good. Uh, you know, this is, you coming to church today is not no big deal. And uh, you either, some of you are, are faithful to this church. Some of you I know are visiting from out of town and you're with your family and your friends and you are faithful to yours. And some of you are just here today. Because that's what your family does. It's Christmas Eve, and on Christmas Eve, you come to, to church. That's tradition for your family. I find it interesting, though. There's nothing wrong with tradition. I mean, our family has traditions, and, but Christmas is about God becoming man. Truly God, truly man. The incarnation of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of the one true God. He came so that religious traditions would become less important. I mean, Jesus Christ came to this earth so that our religious traditions would become less important and our relationship with him would become more important. Jesus Christ being born is God saying, I love you. And I want to have a relationship with you. It's God saying, you need me. There's no other way for this to work. There's no other solution that I have than for my son to become like you. That's it. If you want to have 
salvation. If you want to experience what it means to be a child of God, this boy born in the manger is the solution. You're a sinner. And that sin separates you from me. And God says, this little child is the solution. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the outside world says about you. The God of all creation says, I love you. And I want to have a relationship with you. It's God accepting you for you. Period.